today's podcast, we are digging in to all the emotional roadblocks that can happen in our business. We're also going to talk to Samantha about going from $2,000 in March to $16,000 a month in December and how she left her corporate job after she was passed up for being a female. This is such a good episode, y'all, and you're going to want to listen. So let's dig on in. Welcome to the Serve Scale Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Hey, 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 Serve Scale Soar family. Oh my goodness. I am so excited to be back with another Entrepreneur Spotlight episode. And this week we have a very special guest and my friend, Samantha Fine, who is part of our Beta to Biggie program and our Serve Scale Soar. And I cannot wait for you to hear her story. So Samantha, tell us who you are as a person and about your business. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Brandy. So first and foremost, I am a mom to my two-year-old son, Logan. And we live in Chicago, uh, South Logan and my husband, Jake. And I am a social and digital media marketing strategist. So I spent my career working for agencies and um, you know building my way up on the marketing side of um, corporate America and launched my business, taking my marketing expertise to focus on supporting the growth of mom-owned businesses, primarily those in the fitness and wellness space, uh, providing uh, Facebook and Instagram ads, but also just general digital marketing and funnel strategy. Uh, I love this so much. So Samiva, tell us, how did you get into the world of virtual assistants, freelancing, when you already had a corporate career that was all about digital marketing as it was? What attracted you to this? How did you find out about the online space? Tell us about that journey. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. So I had the idea of starting my own business had always been kind of this daydream, but I never really knew what to do with it. And what really propelled me was actually kind of an unfortunate situation in my corporate role. I had returned from maternity leave and was really struggling to find my place in my job. And then I was passed over for a promotion that was given to my male counterpart uh, and was then later told that I was not even considered for it or told about it because they didn't think I would return from maternity leave. So I was like, that's it. I'm done. I deserve to have a career and be a mom. I'm taking this into my own hands and I'm going to figure out a way to start my business. And because I'm an ad strategist and I know Facebook ads so well, I know why I I received this ad, but go figure. I'm doing starting to do this research and there I get an ad about a program to launch a business as a Facebook and Instagram ads manager. So I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is what I need. This is exactly what I'm looking for." And I took the you know uh, the webinar and ended up doing some research. I actually I don't think you know this actually. I had reached out to someone who had left a not so great review on that person's program and asked you know for more information. And she told me about you, and that's how I discovered you. But your program wasn't starting for a little bit, and I was on this road of I'm going to do it. I got to do it now. I can't wait. So I ended up joining that other program. Patience is one of my biggest lessons. <laughs> Don't always jump at things, but it ended up putting me on this this path to start my business. And um, it 
opened my eyes to this world that I had no idea existed. Uh, I love that. And sometimes we have to have, this is like Tony Robbins always says, life is happening for us, not to us. And in that moment, it seems like, gosh, this is like the worst thing. Like getting, I can only imagine how that felt. I went through something similar in law school where I was told like, even though you're top 10% of the class, you're not getting a paid internship, but all these male counterparts who didn't have the same grades as me were because they knew people and it was a boys club. And so not exactly the same, but very similar. And I know how that feels. And it's like, this is something I can't control. Like I am a female, like I can't control that. And so knowing that something so out of your control is controlling your next steps, but you took that and made it empowering. You took that course and then you dove in. So what's your journey look like since then? And how long ago was that? So that was um, just over a year ago. So it was um, September, October that I started that course of 2020. And I, so I just celebrated the first official year of my business. And it's definitely been a wild ride. I mean, I think one of the things when I started my business was I was just desperate to get out of that job. And my initial timeline was June because that was when I would get my bonus. And I just wanted to get it and get out. But a number of events took place that fortunately did allow me to leave sooner, but also did kind of create a winding road for myself. So because I was so like, I have to get out, I have to get out. I kind of jumped in with both feet head first. Like I need to try something and everything to make as much money as I can quickly so that I can get out. And instead of like taking a moment to figure out what is it that I really want and how do I do it? I tried to launch a business launch a service-based business and launch a program-based business all at the same time. And it was very overwhelming. And I put a lot of pressure on all of those pieces to make something happen faster than one, what was realistic, but also what was healthy for me. I was just working around the clock, still working my full-time job, and then pretty much every waking moment working on my business. And it really got to be a lot. And especially because I was so unhappy in this job, both with the work I was having to do with the transition of that company, as well as just knowing that I wasn't valued. And so in March, end of March, an opportunity came up from a networking group that I'm in that for a part-time role, a company was hiring for a part-time client service role uh, that leveraged a lot of the skills that I had and the type of work I was looking to do with my one-on-one clients. At that point, I had one client and was like, yeah, let's see what, what happens here. And I ended up taking that role. It was a contract position running through my business. Um, so almost like a white label kind of a role where to the clients that I worked on, I was under that company's name. But to the company itself, I was they were a client of mine, essentially. And... That opened up so many doors for me. Not only did it allow me to leave my corporate role and really focus in on my business, but having that stability allowed me to build my business the way I wanted to. It's been quite the journey. (laughs) So in March of this year, right? 2021, you had one client. How much were you charging? At the time, I was charging $2,000. Okay, perfect. And now we're recording in December of the same year, 2021, and your highest month has been over 16,000. 
over 16,000, which is incredible growth. And as you mentioned, it's come with some like hard parts in it, but now we're in the 16,000. So tell me more about this white labeling because I know people are going to want to know what this is. So tell us, is this like subcontracting? Like what exactly is this partnership? Yeah. So I signed their contract initially. It started as hourly, uh, but thanks to Serpscale SOAR, I was able to renegotiate that contract pretty quickly. Uh, an opportunity came up where I felt like this is my chance. Uh, they were restructuring and I was able to change it to a package-based at a high, much higher rate than what I was charging my one-on-one clients initially. So really what it is, is I'm doing essentially the same things as I do for my clients, but I don't have as much control because it is the client is the agency. So I am a contractor of the agency. They pay me directly through my business. Everything is like labeled as under my business. But I have an email address with them to the client's eyes. I am, you know, an employee, but I don't get any of the employee benefits. And I don't have as much control over the structure, which is a challenge, but I have, I'm really, I'm leading the client relationship. Okay. So tell us what does that mean that you don't have control over the structure? Like what things don't you have control over? So they own the scope with the client. Uh, Now their scope, my ability to execute on it does have to align with the scope I have with them. And that is definitely a lesson I have learned as to really make sure that that is what I want. So for example, I do monthly reporting with my clients. I keep them up to date on how things are going, but I would never ever recommend doing weekly data reporting for my clients. You just can't get insights from that. And that is part of the structure of this program with these clients. So they do weekly reporting, weekly meetings with their clients and like just handing them numbers and where it's really becomes more of telling the news versus telling a story. So that's one area that I would change just because I don't find it to be valuable for the clients and it takes a lot of my time, but I don't have control over that. So if you don't mind, you don't have to tell us, but how much do you make per client with them then? Uh, So it's not per client. It's a total amount. And I'm actually in the process of bringing one of those clients over to my business because they're restructuring. So total for what I'm doing with them is $8,500. Okay. So about half of your monthly is coming from that agency. And then some of that will now be direct starting in 2022 if that client decides to move. Awesome. And then with the 8500 are you spending most of your time in that section? Are you spending most of your time with your clients? How does this break down? And I don't like to say time because we don't track things based on time, but where do you feel like most... Yeah, I mean, that's right. How, where do you feel like most of your time that you spend in business is going? Is it going to your business? Is it going to the agencies? Where does that flush out? It's kind of... It's it's evolved. So at first, I felt like I was spending a lot of time with the agency. And it was very frustrating to me because I took it so that I could have more time in my business. But I've been able to evolve my process with them and help them evolve how they are executing their ads and their um, their relationships with their clients so that it hasn't taken up as much of my time. So I have my Slack with them open um, two and a half days a week that I am available to do meetings. I only take meetings a couple of days. They know if they send me a Slack on a Wednesday or Friday, I am not going to look at it. 
if they send it to me before noon on Monday, I'm probably not going to see it unless I know ahead of time that they need me earlier in the day. Um, So I set really strong boundaries with them around like, hey, this is how much time you have. Because I had a maximum. I did When I changed my contract from hourly to package, we set a maximum, but not a minimum. I was really adamant about that because as you talk about a lot, you know, as you get better at something, it takes you less time to do it. And so for me to say, yeah, I'll work a minimum of 15 hours, some, some weeks I don't. And I didn't want to have that pressure on myself. So I have a maximum. I have those hours that I'm available to them. But I would say right now, the majority of my time is combined with like the work I'm doing for them and then the work I'm doing with my clients. And then I have, I really try to keep Wednesdays and Fridays as much as I can to really focus in on my business. It doesn't always work out that way, but I try really hard to keep those two days as much as possible to do things that are more in my business versus working with my clients and the agency. And I love the boundaries. I think if you're going to do subcontracting, people think I'm against subcontracting and I'm not against it. I'm against it when it's not done in your favor because I'm always looking for you to be winning. Like that is my goal. Any of our listeners, it's for you to be winning and how can we maximize your time, your profits and building your business. And so I think how you have this set up, Samantha, is like if you someone could say like, Here's an ideal situation of what subcontracting should look like. It would be this. And so I think how you've set this up is really smart. The boundaries. And then I want to jump and talk about the bashing. You said Wednesdays and Fridays are like your day to be working in your business. What does that look like for you? Yeah, it's evolved quite a bit. And it's really, I think the last two months, I've really focused on November and December being like, I need to take a step back and get some business structure in place. I mentioned earlier that like, I went like all in on on kind of everything at once when I first started. And part of the challenge of that is I didn't set a lot of the foundational pieces of my business in place. Like I would start to get systems in place and then I would get really busy with something and I wouldn't do it. Or uh, I would start to do market research and then I would get busy and I wouldn't do it. And I would just try to get something out the door. So the last couple of months have really been focused on that. And that's where I started really putting those boundaries in place. So Wednesdays has been big on content for me. So I've either been working on content for my programs, working on content for our social. I recently launched my blog. So that's been... I've been trying to get at least a month's worth of content for that done ahead of time so that I'm not constantly churning things out. So I found that when I was trying to keep up every single week, it was stressing me out and then I would just give up and stop. So that's what Wednesdays has really been for me. And then Fridays is kind of my, like, what did I not get done this week that still has to get done? And I try to leave myself as much room as possible on Fridays. I have a standing meeting at three o'clock every other Wednesday or every other Friday that kind of forces me to shut down. I've really tried. I have, like, I made a hair appointment this weekend for Friday at three so that I am forcing myself to shut down. I love that setting the boundaries of like, this whole conversation has been about boundaries, but saying like, I'm checking out at this time. And if that means I need to schedule something, so it happens, then do it. I think that's so great. And then having theme days. I used to have theme days all the time. We still do have theme days. Um, we just don't like call them theme days, but there was only certain days that I had discovery calls. Mondays were meeting Mondays. Like I had a lot of meetings on Mondays. Thursdays are call Thursdays. We still have those where I'm pretty much on calls all day long on Thursday, 
Tuesday's calendar pretty much stays empty. Wednesday, maybe a few things, but usually it's empty. And then Friday, it's completely empty. And when we have these theme days, we're able to get more done. So as a service provider, having a day that you are only doing discovery calls or as a course creator, like Fridays and beta to biggie, we have once a month, get it done days. Those are your CEO days. So I think it's so smart that you're setting your days up like that. And they're always evolving. That's the other part of this is they have to be evolving as your business evolves, as you evolve, you have a two-year-old, so he's evolving. And so there's all these times. So what are some things that you're experiencing right now that are like just wins for you? I would say one thing that I... You actually were a big part of this, Brandy. I really was not prioritizing market research. I was like, I know my client. I, I, I don't need to do the market research part. But that was not always the case. And... You recently said something to me about it's not always leading with how you're going to solve their problem, but leading with what they need. And that has made such a huge impact this over the last couple of weeks as I've been really rethinking how I approach my not only my programs, but I've been evolving my services as well and leading with like what outcome my audience is looking for, my ideal clients need. And that has actually been a huge win for me. It's given me a lot of clarity. It's given me it really a lot of a number of ways to think about how I want to structure and talk about what I'm offering. So I'd say that's been one really big win. Also, one thing I struggled with is I was figuring out what my like consistent content should be, how I was going to regularly show up so I can start to build my audience, build my ex- like showcase my expertise. And I tried really hard to focus on video because I know how important that is. But I also realized that that was just not me. Like I can do it occasionally, but I to show up every week and you know, I was putting scripts together for these videos and trying to do it. And then I would get frustrated when I wasn't um, you know, seeing the results I wanted and I would give up. And I realized I've always been a writer. I had a blog back in the day. I decided that I, that was what was more realistic for me. If I was already creating these scripts, why not just do a blog? And so I started that uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I have been so excited by that. I've been sharing my posts um, every week, both on social and in this networking group I'm a part of and getting a lot of great feedback. And so that's just made me feel really good about the decisions I'm making in my business. And I think that's what's important that... I always say like our business isn't cookie cutter. So like there's no one way to do it. And for me, I love video, like love video. And so I wanted a YouTube channel and I had a YouTube channel for a little bit, but the problem was like between the editing and everything, it was just not something I could keep up consistently. And so that's when the podcast formed because I can batch this. I don't have like, and it's easy. I can hand it off and I can show up with a messy bun and all that kind of stuff. And right now as we're recording, you all can't see, but I actually look presentable, but there's a lot of podcast episodes where I don't look presentable and that's okay. So for me, the easiest barrier of entry with content was a podcast. For you, it's a blog. Now that the podcast kind of runs automatically, I show up like once a quarter or so to record. Now it's like, okay, what's our next thing? And for me right now, it's reels. And I was like, I'm not dancing. I'm not pointing. And I was so against them. And now I'm having a blast with them because I'm not dancing. I'm not in something I can show up super quick and get the content out. So I love that you're finding what's working for you. And once you get a great system for this, it's something that can be handed off and easily done. And then you'll find your next 
content source. And I think that's the magic of this is like, let's perfect one thing that works for us right now. And so YouTube's still on my list, but right now it doesn't fit into the content plan. And so I love that you found blog writing. No one would ever want to read mine because there would be so many grammar mistakes. So I love that you're loving that. And then I want to go back to the audience marketing. And this is something that we as service providers, we are fixers. We like to get people results. We like to fix. And so we like to tell them what needs to be fixed because that's our job. That's what we do. We're here to serve. We want you to have the best results. But the thing is, our solution is not necessarily what they're seeking. And so if you're an online course creator or service provider, you can take all this information and run with it. Like Samantha said, it's not just about, hey, this is for course creators. This is also for service providers. And a lot of times we want to lead with the solution, but our people just want their problem fixed. And so when we leave with here, I'm going to give you the transformation and not the solution, you'll get a lot more people coming. So an example is beta to biggie. I lead with, hey, we're going to help you create a course membership, group coaching, leverage program. But I don't lead with with a webinar. Like that's how you're going to scale this is with a webinar. It's all about like, we're going to get you to six figures without having six figure launches and all this. But I don't lead with the webinar, but the webinar is the foundational piece that fits into the whole strategy. But if someone just heard webinar, they're like, I don't want to do a webinar. Instead, we're leading with the transformation. And so Samantha, the fact that you've picked that up and you're leading with that, I have a feeling you're going to start to see a lot more results with your marketing efforts. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Okay. Okay. So as we wrap this up, what is something that you're looking forward to in 2022? So I think from a business standpoint, I'm really looking forward to launching my new program. Uh, I've spent a lot of time you know, with this market research, making some transformation to what I want to change my program to and really focusing in on supporting the people that I want to help and that I have been helping with my one-on-one services. So super excited for that. From a personal standpoint, because of the way my business has gone this year, we actually are about to start the process of buying a home. So I'm super, super excited that my business allowed me to get here, allowed us to to take that next step as a family. And so we're I'm very much looking forward to starting that journey. I love this. And one thing I wanted to say is just thank you for your transparency and the fact that, you know, you've come up on your one year and it hasn't been rainbows and butterflies through the whole thing. And most businesses aren't rainbows and butterflies. And one thing that we've been dedicated to on the Surf Scouts or podcast is showing people that, that there are hard times, that it's not a cakewalk for some people and that you're struggling alone, that we all have these struggles. And the more that we can have people share transparently and after they've been through it, like we've rescheduled this podcast a few times. Yes. Yes. I don't believe that it serves anyone to talk about those struggles in that moment because it's hard to see the other side in that moment. And now after rescheduling this, you're through those moments, you're on the other side, you're having the $16,000 months, you're nailing the marketing, you have clarity on what you want to go. And now you can share your struggles in a way that helps other people get through there. And so I want to thank you for that. And thank you for rescheduling. Thank you for showing up as you have today. And before we completely wrap this up, I would love to do some rapid fire with you. So tell me your favorite part of your business. I love my clients. I just, I love the people that I'm working with and how I feel like 
because they're moms and they get it, like we just connect on so many levels. And so I just, I, I love it. I love being able to work with people that I get and that get me. I love that. Okay. So tell me, are you a podcast or book person? Podcast. And what's your favorite podcast? You don't have to say mine. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've been dabbling in a number right now. So I don't know that I have a favorite at the moment. I am fully caught up now on Serve Scale Soar. I had uh, a couple to catch up on recently. I've been diving into um, Kate McKibben's podcast has been one that I've been diving into on funnels. That's been a fun one. A lot of the business ones, I mean, I'm just, I'm always like going headfirst in. I, I, the Skims podcast, I would say, is what actually got me interested in entrepreneurship. The Skims? Like, is that like Kim Kardashian's? No, no, no. <laughs> I was like, dang, who um, has a podcast I don't know about? It used to be called Skimmed from the Cows. Now I think it's called Nine to Five. Um, the right. Skim is like a news site. They do like, they give you like snippets of news. And they started an entrepreneur podcast a few years ago. Um, and that's a really fun one to listen to, to hear like inspirational business stories. Awesome. I'll check that out. I was like, dang, Kim K's got a podcast and I'm not listening to it. So I love that. Okay. And what is, what's been your favorite part of 2021? Like what was your just favorite part of your business in 2021? I think it was the moment I realized that... So I had left that bonus on the table and I mentioned earlier. And when I did a financial deep dive recently and realized that not only did I make what I made at my corporate job, but the trajectory I was on with my um, monthly income over the last couple months has me on track to double that. That was huge. That was just like, yeah, I made the right decision. That's amazing. That's incredible. And once again, this is getting to the other side of the struggles. And now we can look back and be like, gosh, it was so worth it. And sometimes in those moments, it doesn't feel like it, but it is 100% worth the struggles. So what is your favorite part of Surf Scale Soar? I mean, I do love the community. The community is amazing. And I'm super excited for Thursday's mini masterminds. But I actually really love the tech stuff. You said something on a call recently that nobody joined SurfScale Store for, for all the, the tech nerdiness. And I was like, I did. I love it. I think it's so helpful. I like have on my calendar to redo the, the ClickUp trainings again, because that's part of my November and December like plan of getting organized. I love it. Great, because I love doing the tech training. So <laughs> thank you. And then you're also in our program, Beta to Biggie. So tell us, what's your favorite part about being in Beta to Biggie? Community, for sure. I like. I mean, I love the trainings and everything, but that group is so encouraging. Uh, when I've had my tough times and I was debating about canceling one of my webinars because I wasn't feeling well, like just the com- way the community has come comes together and provides encouragement and just builds you up, that has been so helpful. I 100% agree. And I would also, I always say being a service provider has its struggles, but you can make money super quick. And the struggles aren't like, you can move on quickly from them. The course membership leverage program, it has amazing rewards and benefits, but it takes longer to get to those. It's not this overnight success type thing. You're not going to be making 100Ks in 90 days. Like I've said this, I will preach this, but it's about the long-term effects. And so I do believe that having community when you're creating and scaling a course membership group coaching, a leverage program, 100% plays into it in such a big way because 
there's a lot of mindset stuff that goes on. And it's something so different from being a service provider that like, it's just a whole new world. Oh yeah. And I would just add that like the mindset piece, I don't think I got past that until recently. Like I was not ready. I heard you and I listened to you, but I wasn't ready to accept that I wasn't going to see these quick results. And I think that was part of why I was rushing and trying to get things, you know, put so much pressure on myself to get a program that was going to work. And it wasn't. And it took me stepping back. It took me nearly making myself sick, trying to get things going to really step back and look at what do I need to focus on here? And when I shifted gears and really focused on the service side and then took the time to focus on the building blocks for my program, it it made a big difference. And and we'll we'll see how really how big of a difference it makes next year. But I think that from a mindset perspective, my whole thought process, my whole mindset has really shifted uh, this second half of the year. It's really this last quarter versus where I was, you know, the beginning of the year. I love that, Samantha. I always tell my husband we were talking right now. We're living out of condos until our house is being done built, and we're talking about like you know, short-term rental property and how much money you can actually make off of it. And I told him, I was like, most people are looking to break even at the eight to 10 year mark, like to make their investment back. And then after that, it's all profits. And I was like, but that's setting yourself up for long-term gains. And in the service space, we can make money so quick. It's like instant gratification where it's like, oh, business can work fast. And in the real world, like that's not how business works. And when we get into the course creator, it works way quicker than say rental property, but it takes time to get all the pieces. It takes time to build up an audience. It takes time to get your messaging, but you're setting yourself up to take those vacations without checking in with clients. You're setting yourself up to be able to take maternity leaves, but it takes time to set those up. And so I'm loving that you're seeing that. You, I can tell on your face, I can tell by your demeanor that it's like a light bulb's clicked for you. And I love seeing that, Samantha. And so thank you so much for sharing. And I know my audience is going to want to connect with you. So where is the best place for them to connect? Yeah, so Instagram, I'm 916media spelled out. I know I probably should just change it to my name, but um, 916media spelled out uh, on Instagram is probably the best place to connect with me. Perfect. And we'll make sure to link that up in the show notes. Thank you so much, Samantha, for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Brandy. Y'all, how stinking amazing was Samantha? Oh my gosh. Sometimes what feels like our biggest struggles ends up being the push that we needed to make our life even better. And when we're in the struggles, it feels like we're not going to get out of them. But when we're on the other side, we can look back and be like, dang, I did the dang thing. And y'all, I'm so excited for you to go on your own journey and hit your goals and your success and what that brings to you. And so if you would like to meet more people like Samantha, if you're ready to create a second revenue stream, head to betatobiggie.com and apply for a 45-minute call with me. This is where we'll plan out your year and how you can add a second revenue stream with a leverage program or scale the one you already have. So head to betatobiggie.com to go on and apply for that session today. And you can also click the link in our show notes for all the extra goodies that Samantha has left you and to apply for your 45-minute call. And y'all, until next week, go out and serve your clients, scale your business, and soar into your success. 
Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve Scale Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.